1: And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And, you know, thank you again for joining us on the AI Today podcast, 250 plus episodes, five years later. And many of you have really reached out to us and really have enjoyed, you know, we've been spending a lot of time talking about AI, but ironically, we've really been spending a lot of our time most recently talking about data and automation and all these other things that are not really AI focused, but interesting AI-related. And in today's podcast, we're going to continue on a series that we've been talking about, moving from traditional automation, dumb automation, to more intelligent forms of automation. And of course, this is where we're linking these ideas of AI automation and data together. And if you're really enjoying this, you should realize that this is part of a series. This is now, I think, the sixth or so podcast or seventh. That's part of this Automation to Intelligence Roadmap series. And if you've been forwarded this episode by someone, you should know that you know, we spend a lot of our time on AI today uh, on education and information and giving team leaders, which is our real audience, the folks who are trying who are working in large teams or medium-sized teams within enterprises who are trying to put these things into practice, giving you the tools you need to be successful. Because it's not just about people and technology. Those things are incredibly important, but it's also about doing things right. And that's what methodology and all this sort of stuff is. So um, our big call out to you, we did this in the last podcast, a big shout out to you. If you're listening to this and you have not, and you're a team leader, right? And you have not emailed us and told us what your number one biggest challenge is that's relating to upskilling your team, we want to hear from you. So don't just sit and listen. We love you listening. Email us, info, I-N-F-O at Email us, tell us the answer to this question. What is your number one biggest challenge that relates to team upskilling and reskilling? We want to hear from you because we are working on ways of addressing those challenges, but we need to understand what they are first. But of course, you can engage with us directly, and Kathleen will tell you a little bit more about that and get us started here in our roadmap series continuing along this automation to intelligence journey.
0: Yes. So in addition to our podcast, we also wanted an opportunity to have more of a two-way conversation with our listeners. We understand that you know the podcast is great and it's our opportunity to talk to you, but we wanted to have you be able to talk to us. So no matter when you're listening to this podcast, we encourage you to register and sign up for our automation webinar. You can go to aitoday.live/automation and it'll take you to the next webinar that we have coming up. We understand that some of our listeners don't always listen to our podcasts right when they're released. You may be listening to this weeks or months or even years after. So again, just go to aitoday.live automation and it'll take you to the next webinar that we have in our Automation to Intelligence webinar series that follow along with this. And if you have not done so already, I encourage you to subscribe to the AI Today podcast. We are in the middle of our Automation to Intelligence Roadmap series, so you can be sure to get notified of all of our additional episodes, especially the ones in our Roadmap series. You can continue along. And if you're just joining us today, you're absolutely welcome to listen to this, but we encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes that we've had in the Automation to Intelligence Roadmap series to really help tie it in. So, in this podcast series, we've talked about, you know, what is automation? Why do you automate? And then we're starting on our levels. So we have le- we have four levels: level zero, one, two, and three. In a previous podcast, we talked about what is level zero automation, which really doesn't have any intelligence, and why is that useful? When are the use cases for that? And what are some of the challenges with it? In our last podcast, we talked about level one intelligent automation, so what it means to have intelligence, what the key ingredient is, which we said was machine learning, so make sure that the machine is actually learning so there is some intelligence in your automation. And today, we want to spend some time talking about level two intelligent automation, which really helps address those greater challenges of unpredictability.
1: Yeah, and as we've been talking about this, is a good idea to think about these levels of automation is not necessarily your goal is not to move up to level three. That's not, that's not the goal. The goal is every automation is best suited for a particular level of intelligence for its particular task. And at level zero, we're dealing with tasks that are repeatable and predictable. And what we really want from our automation is to do those things in a very repeatable and predictable way because right now humans are doing these tasks in a very repeatable, predictable way. And we're not really good at repeating the same thing over and over again as we're acting, humans are acting like machines. So let's make machines act like machines and humans act like humans and we'll all be much happier that way. So level zero, no real intelligence, no real variability, very repeatable, very predictable. In our last podcast in level one, we were talking about, well, we do have a little bit of variability, right? So we, when we have humans that need to read text, see, look at images, make some decisions based on what a document is, we need a little bit of intelligence there. We can't just screen record or program our way there. We need a little bit of machine learning. And that's where we use the machine learning because we still want the power of automation. And to get automation, we need to have machines doing some of the things that humans do. And there, so we have a little bit of variability, a little bit of unpredictability, mainly because the data. Yeah is variable and unpredictable. But now we still have challenges. What if it's not just about the data that's variable, but the process itself, that the tasks and the processes keep changing because, well, we have this human element of the process. People may do things in different ways. And there's this thing called process exceptions, which we'll talk about. They usually are problems for for automation, where we have changes to the way a process works. Perhaps we have a task that we've tried to automate, but something doesn't work because it doesn't match the expectation something's wrong with the system, something's wrong with the data, or maybe something happening in the wrong order. You know, somebody's trying to do some process and they did something before they did something else and it breaks things, right? But then we have other things, even if the processes are handling in the general way that they're going, maybe things are slowing down. Maybe there's a process bottleneck that is imposing problems somewhere else. And I can't, it's very hard to automate them because the machine is not smart enough to realize that there's a bottleneck there. And then the last thing we can ask in this phase is like, well, can we make these processes better? I mean, yes, if a human was doing it, we could like all get together in a conference room and talk about this process and be like, oh, I wish that step was skipped. And then someone's like, that's not a bad idea. We could do that. Well, machines can't get together in a conference room and have that conversation. So is it possible for machines to find those patterns in the processes and tasks and realize that there are opportunities for optimization. So the answer is we need to go beyond what we did in level one, beyond natural language processing and computer vision. We need to add some additional intelligence to spot patterns and anomalies and provide some predictive ability. And fortunately, we have some ways of doing that.
0: Exactly. So, you know, we always want to make sure that we're focusing on real world processes. Back in one of our previous podcasts on here, we talked about, you know, it's really great to identify tasks, have a process uh, workflow. But one thing that you really want to avoid is that process shelfware, where you have a process and then it sits on a shelf somewhere nobody ever looks at it. So as we're moving up, and again, as we said, if your goal is not to go from level zero to level three. You need to identify, okay, what task do I want to automate? And then what level is best suited for that automation, depending on what it is that I'm trying to do. So if I have data that needs to move from one field to another, that can be level zero automation, incredibly powerful can save you tons of time. Think about the ROI that you're going to have there. You don't need to bring in intelligence to that. But if I'm going to have uh, something where I need to spot patterns in processes, well, now I'm probably going to want to be looking at level two automation to help with that particular uh, problem that I'm trying to solve. So we need to ask ourselves are we aware of how the processes and tasks really operate? You want to make sure that you're, you're understanding your processes, you're understanding what tasks are involved there, and can the system automatically spot patterns in that process or spot exceptions in that process? Humans are not great at looking at large amounts of data and being able to quickly spot patterns in that data or anomalies in that data and exceptions in there, but machines really are. So if, for example, you know, we talked in a previous podcast about citizen developers, this has empowered this is the idea where you can have a, you know, non-developer by trade go in and build automations or do different things. And they're so-called citizen developers where we say, you know, Jim Bob in sales goes in, builds himself a little automation, uh, flow and great, he's off. He has you know a little task that he's built and maybe he's built three of these tasks. Well, he leaves and now nobody is monitoring these tasks. Maybe nobody even knew about them and they're kicking off and running. That can be a problem. So we need to understand where all of these automations are and you know, who built them? How are they being monitored? Is that person still an employee at the company? Is this automation still relevant or is it just running and nobody's doing anything with it?
1: Yeah. The general concept that we introduce here is this idea called intelligent process discovery. Now, if there was a human here, what they could do is they could go and go into every automation system and, you know, create some sort of catalog, I guess, and figure out where all the automations are. But remember, we're trying to Automate this. We're trying not to to have a human sit there and try to catalog every automation. Try to figure out what every automation is doing. Can we d- discover those things? The answer is yes. The machines are great at discovering patterns. You know, and so if we can apply some intelligence to process management, now this is not applying the. Pro, the intelligence to the actual task, but the task is still doing what the task is doing. We're, intel- we're applying the intelligence to the management of these processes. And we're going to use machine learning to spot task and process patterns. I might say, hmm, that's interesting. You know, uh, we have a hundred automations, 80 of them are sales automations hitting the same sales system. Uh is that what you want? (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Right. Maybe some of those are operating, maybe one of those processes, like super speedy and fast. Another one's like really slow. Why is that? Right. Good questions. Right. And then also are they operating according to the rules? Like, are they like unattended? Right. Bob, We talked about that in in our, our level zero where they're just happening behind the scenes. Or are they happening with humans? And if they're unintended, is there always a human that has to come in here and unstick the process? Cause it gets stuck. Cause you could see the errors. You could see this, you know, this task did not go to completion. Is there one task that's always not going to completion? And is somebody doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, right? To keep that process going, right? So we have a lot of reasons to do intelligent process discovery. Just talked about some of them just finding the patterns. In dumb automation, I I can have my intelligence system look at straightforward automations and say, can I find any patterns in those? regular user interface automations or whatever I'm doing. That's one thing. The second thing I could do is, can I find the bottlenecks where it's like, wow, this one process is taking forever or only it's supposed to clear out the inbox, but it only manages to get to 50 emails a day. It's supposed to get to 500, right? Um, Also just basic documentation for compliance reasons. It could be like, okay, here are all the processes that I have that are touching our financial systems. You know, maybe you were counting on some human to do that documentation. Guess what? That probably is not happening. So can you have a machine discover those things? And of course, the last real benefit to doing this discovery is finding opportunities just to optimize things. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe there's too many tasks, too many processes, a lot of redundant stuff. Who knows, right? Having some visibility will at least give you the ability to, to do that. So we we talked about this word process exception, but we didn't really define it very well and talk about what it is uh, and why it's a problem.
0: Right. And this is important, you know, as you continue to talk with your team, looking at all of this, really working together to figure this out. So you'll say, okay, well, you know, what are process exceptions? Why can they pose challenges? So really process exceptions are just where tasks or steps in your process don't flow according to plan. And they are exceptions. Right. So it's not it's not the way that it normally should flow well, what do you do when this happens, right? You know, maybe data doesn't match the expectations, and so you're, you know, it's it's not coming uh, out the same way that you thought. Or processes keep changing, depending on you know how quickly your business is iterating, or uh, what what it is that you're, you know, doing. Processes can keep changing. Well, if that happens, then you're going to have a lot of process exceptions because it's not going to be the same way repeatedly, over and over and over again. Also if decisions are highly variable or sort of, of arbitrary decisions are being made then you're going to have process exceptions and these are all things that you need to figure out well why is this happening and the problem with some of these process exceptions is that it can usually kill the value of your automation because if there's a lot of process exceptions and you have to have a human go in and you know look things over or do an additional step then the value of what it was that you're trying to automate, where you're removing the human from the loop, and you're now continuing to bring a human in, you are really killing a lot of that value. And why do it at all, right? You know, humans just make it so frustrated. They're like, I'm just going to do it myself because this never works, works right. It can also be compliance nightmares. If you're supposed to run a process and it's not running the same way, or it's hitting systems that it shouldn't, it, you know, it's not having the documentation that it needs to have. There's Errors in that because there's so many exceptions, then it can really be a compliance nightmare, and you need to look at that. And in general, if you're having a lot of process exceptions, that means that there's a lack of repeatability. There can be an introduction of errors, as I talked about, you know, your things aren't coming out the way that they should. And really, then what is the point? Of this automation, because isn't your automation supposed to address this? Where it's repeatable, it's not introducing errors. It maybe is speeding up the process, or you know that that particular task that you're automating, uh, keeping it consistent. And if you have a lot of process exceptions, then that means uh, you know it's not doing what it was initially meant to do. So really, now at this level two automation, we have to be thinking about how can we apply intelligence to handle.
1: Process exceptions. So, um, you know, we talked about this that, you know, not every automation is applicable for every level. And actually, that's a really good way of thinking about it. You identify the automation and identify what level it needs to be at. If you think about this in terms of like a pyramid, probably like. 80% of your automations will be level zero automations because they're very repeatable. And then maybe the next 10 to 15% will be level one automations because they need to be, you know, text and video or whatever, you know, handle variability. And then maybe there's a there's a, a smaller part, 5% which need to be level two because they're basically supervising the other processes or hand helping the other processes deal with their exceptions, right? So it's this level, it's almost like a management structure, right? You have your worker bees at the bottom, you got your middle level management. Now you have management that's just taking look at what everybody else is doing and <laughs> making sure that they're doing it. And the, the opportunity is really like, I think, four or five key opportunities for, for level two. One, discovering what's actually truly happening with the processes, right? Not the fantasy land of what we think is happening, but discovering, are they operating according to rules? Are the exceptions more than we expect, etc. And then the next one is really handling, finding the patterns in our process and tasks. We have good patterns, but like, oh, these are really performing providing the ROI that we're expecting, et cetera, et cetera. Then we have bad patterns, like things that are not working to exception, even things like finding fraud, like fraud detection, where it's like we have a process that's supposed to be happening. Can I use another piece of intelligence to investigate my lower level automation, higher level automation that's investing a lower level one where I could see if things are perhaps possibly fraudulent, intentional or not? And the other sort of like two areas I want to focus on here is like, well, where are the processes where the exceptions are the rule, where it's like, There's some problem with this automation where it's just not happening like hardly ever according to the way it's supposed to. So maybe there's a problem with the way the process was defined. Maybe there's a problem with the task, something like that. And then the next thing, of course, is really handling the unpredictable processes. So if we have a process that are not handling in a very reliable, predictable way, we got to handle them better. So, you know, really this comes down to even if I've built an automation in level zero, And it's doing some tasks. So at least the human's not doing it. Okay, that's a plus. But maybe that task itself, just even the automation should not be done at all. It's inefficient, right? Just because something is automated does not necessarily make it efficient. We may have unnecessary tasks and unnecessary processes. And using some higher level of intelligence to spot them will keep everything flowing better. So that is kind of where we are with level two.
0: Exactly. Now, as we had talked about with level zero automation, you shouldn't be automating an unnecessary task or an inefficient task just to automate that, you know, really be looking at your entire process, figuring out the tasks that are in there. But we also understand that things change or maybe it had been previously automated and you hadn't looked at this entire flow. So, I mean, you know, there are many reasons why you may have an inefficient task that's automated, Um, but this is a great opportunity now at level two that it would be able to look at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, one one example of that is companies merge all the time. Like, you know, so like you might have a bank acquired another bank. That other bank may have automated all these things. Now you merge, you may not need it. So, you know, things, as I say, things change, companies change, people change. And therefore, having a little bit of intelligence would help.
0: Exactly. As I always say, it's never a set it and forget it. So you need to be looking. I mean, these are really great, you know, real world examples as to why we continue to say that. So hopefully it's really, you know getting in your brain it's never a set it and forget it always be looking at things um and that's that's a great example so you know or uh teams merge or teams consolidate and maybe you know maybe your products change and you don't need uh tasks that you used to have. And so just because it's automated doesn't mean it needs to be done at all. So really important to just continually be looking at that. And that's why I bring that up, because like we said, this is an automation journey. And this doesn't mean that you're trying to move from level zero to level three. So if you have a level zero process and you never move beyond level zero, that's okay. That really truly is okay. And you'll see a lot of benefit from this entire uh, you know, roadmap and journey that you're on. So just because you think maybe your organization never will get to a level two or level three still doesn't mean that the workshop isn't valuable. The webinar that we have coming up, that ai-today.live slash automation still can be incredibly beneficial. And we encourage you to make sure that you register and you can ask your questions live to us there. Um, so I just want to point that out because I know with some of our other uh, you know, journeys and roadmaps that we've done and education series, some of them do build upon each other, and this one does not. So this one really uh, kind of meets you where you are, and we want you and your team to be identifying what level is right for each task that you're looking to automate. But when you're looking to implement level two automation, which is what we're talking about today on today's podcast, we talked about how this is the predictive analytics and pattern of AI and also the patterns and anomalies pattern of AI. In case you're not familiar with either one of those um, and you'd like to dig deeper, I encourage you to check out some of our podcasts that we have on that. But at a very basic level, the predictive analytics pattern is where you're taking past or current data and really helping to make decisions on uh, you know, outcomes now. And so we're keeping the human in the loop there. Think about that when you're building level two automation. And then with patterns and anomalies, as I had mentioned earlier, machines are really great at taking and digesting large volumes of data and being able to spot patterns in that data and being able to spot those outliers or those anomalies in that data humans are not good at this. Our eyes glaze over. We really have a limit with how much data we can digest. And we definitely do not do that fast. So when you're looking at that level two automation, this is where we're introducing predictive analytics and the patterns and anomaly. Level one, we had talked about how it was uh, natural language processing and computer vision. So now we're just moving up and adding more intelligence and with predictive analytics and patterns and anomaly. So when we're doing this we want to say how can we use machine learning to spot patterns and spot anomalies in in the the automation and also do we have to build a data science and ai team to implement level 2 automation this is also really important really important that you ask with each level of automation you're going to be introducing different roles and skill sets and maybe uh different people, it may be more than one person that you need to have involved. So at level zero, that takes one skill set. At level one, that takes another. And at level two, maybe now we need to be bringing in data science and AI teams to implement that. If you don't have a data science team or you know uh, AI machine learning experts, then maybe, maybe you're not ready for level two. That's okay. Uh, so just make sure that you're understanding that. Also, at this point, you're really going to have very little vendor support for level two automation. The automation vendors that are out there do level zero excellently, excellently. Level one, They can handle, make sure you're asking the right questions to, you know, make sure that that vendor really has level one capabilities. Level two, there's really very few vendors out here. And we point that out because we want to make sure that you don't get sold vendor snake oil. Lots of people come to us. They're very concerned. They don't want to be sold vendor snake oil. So make sure that you really are digging in deep if a vendor is telling you that they can support you
1: at this level. Right. And and honestly, um, you know, as we mentioned, not the majority of your automations will probably not be level two. Most of the majority will be level zero and level one. There's plenty of vendor support, but when you do need level two, when you do need to build that model, that's when you should invest because it's going to provide value. Remember, never do anything unless that doesn't provide value. So if there's a reason to do level two, you're like, I need a process that's basically gonna keep an eye on these processes or it's gonna do some optimization because these processes are always changing and I don't want a human in the loop there, then you have to figure out how to build the machine learning model to do that. So um, which tasks do we make level two? Which ones do we prioritize? Well, We prioritize those processes that are constantly having exceptions and failures. If we don't want to say, well, I give up, I'm not going to automate them, you can certainly decide to do that. If you decide you do want to automate the ones that do have primarily exceptions and failures, then we got to figure out, find those patterns, build that anomaly detector, find that predictive analytics thing, right? The second thing is uh, investing in automations where there's a lot of opportunities for optimization, where it's sort of like, yeah, this is a process that is just not really very good right now. But I want to automate it and automate it better. Can I basically build a higher level automation that can help me find those opportunities for optimization automatically? Maybe I, I there's no way for a human to do it, but a machine can figure that out, right? And then the other, the third situation when to do level two is when there's when the processes are changing very rapidly. When I have a lot of rapid change especially if it's very rapid, it's very hard for a human to keep going in there and and also very expensive, by the way, to have to keep rebuilding level zero automations of every week I have to go in there and rebuild that automation. It might say, maybe the automation should be more variable, more flexible. Maybe I can use a machine learning model here to handle that variability. This is where it's like, yes, that task might be better suited at level two than level zero. Once again, every automation, for its appropriate level. Everything just should not be at the same level because you're over investing and you're doing the wrong things. And I think that's a really good way of thinking about this because it is a journey. Your journey from automation to intelligence is should be specific to your product, a uh, project, right? And projects and every project might be different. So um, you know, as mentioned, there's always challenges we have to deal with in making uh, automations work. And at level two, you know, uh, we might still we might need a lot of human in the loop. If we can't if we can't get a machine to figure out how to solve these exceptions, maybe they're just too complicated. Machine learning, honestly, it may be too hard for machine learning. Machine, we may need machine reasoning. We don't really have that. It may not be up to the task. So, you know, um, just because you might want a machine in there, it may or may not be possible. So you have to take a look at how good machines are. As Kathleen mentioned, lots of vendor problems here. We don't have a lot of vendor support. There's way too much vendor hype. They're going to way overstate their claims here because this is this is not an easy area. This is one of the harder problems. Just like autonomous vehicles. Okay. Okay. This is a difficult, these are getting, as we get to higher and higher levels of of autonomy, these are harder (laughs) problems, right? And um, people make all sorts of claims, right? That they can't support. Sort of like the third bit is that if I am trying to deal with these processes that change a lot, I might be dealing, especially if I'm doing this, like looking at all of my uh, level zero automations and trying to spot them bottlenecks. What if they're across five or six different vendors, Right. So I am now getting into a territory here where it's like, mm, I might have to deal with multiple vendor support, right? So I can't. So even in that situation, I can't depend on a single vendor. One, you know, one vendor may not be able to take a look at automations from another vendor. Does that mean I'm missing half of my automations? I just merged two banks. This other bank used a completely different system, right? Well, that's not good. So these are some of the challenges. And of course, in our workshops, we sort of work through how you solve some of those challenges, especially if in level two, we, we get some real value for that, for some of our tasks. So, and we talked a little bit about, you know, the kind of teams that we need to build to be able to successfully do that. Again, it's always a value trade-off. We do things when there's a value to do it and when the ROI is there to support it. So, you know, um, hopefully we've given you some things to think about and sort of help move forward your understanding of going from automation to intelligence on this journey.
0: Exactly. So hopefully, as Ron mentioned, we did give you things to think about. We encourage you to go back and listen to any of our previous episodes in our Automation to Intelligence roadmap series. And also make sure to subscribe to the AI Today podcast so that you can get notified of all future episodes. We have uh, a few more left in this journey, in this Automation to Intelligence journey podcast series. So please do make sure to subscribe. And you can also Again, one more time, ai-today.live slash automation. We understand that our listeners listen to our podcasts, you know, many weeks or months after they are published. So that link will bring you to our next upcoming workshop whenever it is that you're listening and we encourage you to register so that we can have a two-way conversation with the audience. And again, we wanna thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to, to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify or your favorite podcast platform. And thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you at the next episode. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com.